Wizard of Whiskey presents Swig and Ramble, a podcast for the modern age. Come for the whiskey, stay for the shit show. Featuring Justin Curry at Wizard of Whiskey, Mark Pruitt at Resonant Prose, and Julia Men at The Wee Tipple. And now, pour yourself a drink and enjoy the show. I know you will. That's so disturbing. I haven't even started yet. What? Oh. Oh, it was so disturbing. Guys, hey, I I have a special guest with us today. Guess who's back? Kobe the Unicorn is back. Hey, everybody. I'm back to introduce the show. Justin, shut up. I'm talking. (laughs) We've really gone downhill so fast. Oh, wow. Welcome to the last episode of Swig and Ramble, because we're not going to be able to keep this shit up if it's gone to sock puppets. It's Kobe the Unicorn here to bring in the show. This is episode 15, Unicorns and Rainbows. It's Kobe the Unicorn coming at you live. Justin, you got anything to say about the news? Kind of a slow news day, but there's uh, there's one uh, 1770 distillery, triple distilled whiskey. Julia, what do you what do you have to say on that? She's cracking the fuck up laughing. I can't. I got nothing. By the way, while she composes herself, take a deep breath, Julia. We're it very works. sorry. It worked last episode. Coffee. You fucked that up pretty good. Yes, I did, Kobe. Thank you very much for reminding me of that. I thought we'd Thank pass you for it. addressing me as Kobe, by the way. Uh, yeah, I'm good at addressing people and our creatures as their desired pronouns. It's Do either fine. of you know where to get any cocaine? That was I Mark, mean, not Kobe. Um, I, I just want to say at the beginning of the show, I'm very sorry that we named the puppet Kobe, given the fact Kobe, that... Kobe, Kobe, I got you. That's what I said. My concern is people are going to be offended by that, given the fact that Kobe, well, well, pandemic killed a couple of million people. It killed 600,000 people. In America? Is it, is, it, is it too soon? Is it too soon? Should That's I go away? It. Oh my God, talking about the news, guys, I'm going to talk about some triple distilled whiskey coming out of Scotland, out of Glasgow. Come back next episode. Sorry, that was not a Glaswegian. I don't want to come back next episode. Go home. Back in your hole. Back in your hole. All All of you. You know what? Julia is back in a box. Now she is. Kobe's back in a box. Julia, deep breath. Let's try it again. Don't try and. I'm sorry, you're not Kobe. Julia, deep breath. Anyway, Glasgow Distillery Company out of Scotland, obviously, I would hope so. You know, though, I bet there are a bunch of Glasgow's around the world. Uh, But there's only one Glasgow uh, 1770 triple distilled whiskey. Um, They had released a very successful 1770 uh, single malt triple distilled expression a little while ago, and this is their latest iteration. It was uh, matured exclusively in virgin oak casks, and oh ah oh, fuck i fucked this shit up <laughs> kobe go back in your box and shut the fuck up and you too mark okay what if i don't now, want to now, now we're talking about the glasgow distillery company out of scotland producing a very fun triple distilled expression the glasgow 1770 triple distilled kind of like how recently we talked about Ireland releasing a very fun, interesting release, uh, rum cask finish single malt. Well, 
Scotland isn't known for triple distilling. I know Akintoshin does, they triple distill every last drop, but uh, now Glasgow Distillery Company is triple distilling as well. How this new iteration has been matured in a combination of ex-bourbon and virgin oak casks married together before bottling to produce what's described as a smooth and vibrant spirit. You can expect notes of apple, pear, peaches, uh, some really good vanilla notes and soft caramel, uh, a lot of creaminess and orchard fruit and berries, a little bit of floral and some almond nuttiness following through. There's also some good spice notes. Anyway, it's bottled at 46% ABV, retails for about 50 pounds. Very interesting if you have the uh, ability, if it's available where you're at, maybe check it out. I'm, I'm a fan of triple distill, I'm a fan of scotch, so try it. Let me know how it is, because I probably most likely will never have the chance to taste it. Kind of like all the unicorn bottles we're going to be talking about on today's episode. Hey, I got a question, or Kobe has a question. Actually, he, uh-huh. he, he just he just texted me from the box. Mm-hmm. Is that is that a little? Is that a Chentostan? Is it the same thing? Akintoshin. Yeah. What is it? Is it spelled a Chentostan? Is that isn't that how it's spelled on the bottle? Sure, it's 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 Ocean Toshin, but yes. Ocean Toshin. That's one way of pronouncing it. It's not because I was there and they did not pronounce it Ocean Toshin. Not so much. But we've I've heard them all at various events that I have attended in the past. I've heard oh, it both. By the way, Ocean Toshin was a great band in the 80s. I love that song that they had. It was great. Yeah, it was a great song. I a shark bit my arm off. Yeah. That it's was a very cool distillery tour though. Um uh, you know what's great about whiskey? So would you mention? So a lot of people in the world enjoy whiskey a lot of people in the world also cannot tolerate gluten or you know wheat or any kind of grain that has gluten in it but you know what's great being able to drink whiskey even when you can't have gluten because did you know that distilled spirits are naturally gluten-free and that when you have gluten-free on a label of something like whiskey or vodka it <clears throat> Really, just a marketing ploy. Oh my God, Mark, what is with you? That is like that, your thing. That wasn't. That was. That was Kobe. Can I just I'm sorry. Not say anything. Kobe lifted the lid on the me? box and just did that in my microphone. Anyway, so unfortunately, I love the breads and the glutens, and it's delicious. But it does not love me. But I am so very glad. Well, is this is this actually a sour as my mash? Because I feel like I'm saying something happy and cheerful. Maybe I just want to get over the depression of life and everything that is. You're 70% in, so you're committed. So there we go. Let's just run with it. Um, so I'm really excited that I can drink and enjoy whiskey, even though I cannot have a loaf of proper French bread without getting sick. There it Next is. Next episode we're recording, I'm going to have a loaf of French bread here. <laughs> and I'm just going to well, eat. I'm going to eat French bread all throughout the episode. Mark, if it, if it helps to offend you, I'm eating crackers. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't really care about. Well, are they saltine crackers? Uh, yes. Now I'm thinking about crackers and triscuits. And I love saltine crackers. I love saltine yeah, crackers. About triscuits until she gets to wheat thins. In a, in a really good New England clam chowder. Ooh, wait a minute! 
wait a minute. No, no, no. Save all this talk because we are doing a really fun episode on food pairings coming up at some point in the near future. So I'm I'm just making a whiskey with food. I'm making a rule that we are not allowed to talk about Ardbeg in that episode. Period. Oh, end of story. I'm laying Rambler's, down the law. Please shower us with all of your Ardbeg food pairings because now we are just going to cascade all of these ideas onto this one episode just to fuck with Mark. So so this becomes sort of like a an equal and opposite reaction. More Ardbeg, more Kobe. Take your pick. I kind of like that though. I'm digging okay. Kobe. Mark, you're out. Kobe, you're in. Anyway, does anyone else have a sour spam mash? Justin. Mark, I believe you have one first. I'm going to try and not go off on a rant here, but, um, wow. Wow. Kobe rolled over in his box when you said that. I'm anyways, um, I'm getting tired of this bullshit that everything is ultra premium. Um, I am tired of car commercials that, uh, have this beautiful lovely car that's all modern and it costs five hundred thousand dollars and you know you have to have the best of everything Uh, you know it's the ideal man in the seat of the car sitting there and he's giving this wonderful speech that he's going to give to his employees at the startup and they're all going to have a 10x exit of their startup and it's just a wonderful thing i'm tired of whiskey being ultra premium across the board and everything costs too much money. Everything is scarce. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of tired of this bullshit. Why can't I drink cheap whiskey and just be good with it? Kind of grouchy today. That's that's actually a very fair question. I'm, um, I, I have one that really, really fucking irks me. And what really sours my mash is when corks fail. Um, with wine, corks, it is what it is. It happens all the time. You try to get the cork out, breaks apart, falls into the bottle, whatever. You strain it, you do a thing. What really bugs me is what happens with spirits because now you have to find another bottle and pour it in, or you have to somehow remove the cork. I had this happen to me with a bottle of Glenmorangie Stignit where the cork broke off. You guys know if you've ever had a bottle of this of this uh, scotch, the cork the 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 topper weighs nineteen and a half pounds, <laughs> and so just really really fucking irritating when that happens. So I always keep extra rubber or silicone corks from other bottles in case something happens. It happened to me actually last episode or a couple of episodes ago when I was cracking open a bottle of scotch. But this brings us to I want to say. It definitely happens when you have a collection because not everybody's drinking every single whiskey, every single note, put them away. Uh, every single whiskey, every single day. So, Justin, Justin, I keep extra rubbers around too. Bobby, for some reason, now has an Alabama accent. Not sure why. Um, but uh, so, yeah. Um, I'm going <laughs> to jump into to what's in your glass. And I'm going to ask Kobe first. What's in your glass, Kobe? So uh, I got myself a pour of uh, Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel. 
It's a unicorn to some people. Mark's drinking. It's bourbony, and that's all I have to say. Well, you heard it here, folks, kids. Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel is bourbony. <laughs> Julia, what do you got? There it is. Uh, resounding. Uh, I am actually trying my first ever Weller because people are always posting about it and then it it came into my purview at a very reasonable rate. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll try it, see what the hype is about. Uh, so I'm drinking the Weller Special Reserve, which is their green label. I got it for $25. Honestly, I think it's a pretty decent $25 bourbon. Would I pay hundreds of dollars for it? No, I would not. But it's it's highly enjoyable. So let's let's go back and actually do a wee bit of a tasting note, eh? On the nose, I'm definitely getting a nice mix of spice and fruitiness. Uh, very much a apricot. That that's the word I'm looking for. Apricot and kind of tangerine note. Definitely kind of an orange vibe with a little bit of pepper, a little bit of that vanilla caramel standard bourbon esque vibe. Is it bourbony? It is. I mean, it has actually a little bit of a bite to it. I did just open this bottle, though. We should probably at some point have a discussion about neck pores and la di da di da. Neck pores not a thing. That's bullshit. But okay. Anyway, to each their own of whatever your thought preference is on that. Um, as a siren goes by, and you'll probably hear it, sorry about that, but as I'm talking right now, I can't just mute my microphone. Uh, a good bit of heat, I'm still feeling the heat, and I swallowed, you know, 45 seconds ago. Um, no crude remarks, Mark. I can see your beady lies getting dodgy. Yeah, yeah, you put a button on that lip, son. Um, yeah, it's a nice blend of really kind of that spice and fruit note I was getting. Got some of that corn and grain notes coming through as well. It's, Bourbon-y. it's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's fine. I Bourbon-y. enjoy it. Bourbon-y. Um, I would be interested in trying some of the other iterations just because, but I, I, I don't understand what makes this like ah, the pinnacle the the it bottle and maybe it's not just this one it's more like weller in general or maybe some hard to find ones but like why please please educate me tell me why my spider sense is tingling here but but i think i can't be 100 percent certain i think justin's got something to say here I have no thoughts on the unicorn discussion. Um, None whatsoever. I'm, and that's the end as, of this episode, folks. Join us next. As week. you know, as you know, I'm a very unopinionated person. Yeah, absolutely. You're the most boring of us on the group. Bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. I guess. So what's in my glass? Uh, I am drinking something called Pappy Van Winkle. I believe it is their 15 year old. You grown. Grown. God, flex much? Grown. God, such a troll. Right? Um, it was... <laughs> Complete side note. 
Um, when I was, I was writing, a, I'm still finishing up this, this book actually, uh, it should be done by the end of the year. But, um, when I was first beginning my American whiskey book, I had the opportunity to sit down with both Julian and Preston Van Winkle Ooh, in Chicago That's cool. at whiskey fest. And I did it on purpose in the main lobby. We sat down, we had drinks. Um, and so everyone people walked by exactly billions of people walked by and saw me sitting with the fucking van winkles um that being said they're they are salt of the earth they are incredible people i've actually met julian's um uh sister as well uh sally van winkle campbell who wrote the fantastic book on the history of their grandfather's uh passion for for bourbon hence the name pappy van winkle um so anyway uh, what is in my glass is Patrick Van Winkle 15 year. I'm not going to give you a tasting note because this whiskey is original Stitzel Weller juice. The bottle itself is from, from the Stitzel Weller time period. Um, not the, the stuff people would get today. Um, so mm -hmm. I really kind of want to jump into this discussion about unicorns because these people really fucking irritate me. We've talked briefly about this, I want to say, in some very early episodes where people who don't know you, don't have a relationship with you yep. as a customer, want everything that you've got private stock of. Now, I could personally fucking care less. If I get an allocation of something, I could care less who it goes to, unless I know you to be a treasure hunter or a unicorn hunter or an investing douchebag. It's, it's almost like Wall Street gave birth to more douche nozzles and they decided to invest in whiskey instead of stocks. Hmm. I asked some questions earlier and I got some amazing responses. Someone named Isaiah mentioned that uh, the unicorn is a tra uh, tradition sense that has been transformed from a regular grape bottle like Pappy 15, for example, and became hard to obtain after the whiskey boom. Um, my favorite my favorite quote, my favorite response to what is a unicorn came from Katie Renshaw. Thank you, Katie. Uh, a unicorn whiskey has a mash bill that is at least 51% unicorn. <laughs> I fucking love that. It's fantastic. Uh, uh, Devin responded, does it have to be American unicorn? Oh, fantastic. Um, really, the internet wins all of these. Someone responds, at least 51% unicorn from the Unica region. Um, really just <laughs> some great responses. Um, but all in all, the people who responded to, to my question earlier, um, and I will definitely be thanking them personally, um, responded with an overwhelming uh, trepidation on unicorns and the term unicorns and what it really means. I will no, come back I, to my thoughts later, but what do you guys think about unicorns? Because I've got rants coming out. Rants for days. Rants for days. Well, I did a, a real quick search on the Googles about what does Google think a unicorn bottling whiskey is? And it told me a group of unicorns is called a quote unquote blessing. And to afford these bottles on the secondary market, you would need to be blessed. Because let's be honest, Oh my God. Yeah. The prices are absolutely absurd. It's, it's mind blowing how astronomically these liquors are priced and, and people buy them. I mean, maybe it's just because my parents installed a very 
strong financial sense in me. And also, I don't make a lot of money. But, wow, the amount that these bottles are going for. Thousands of dollars. So, like, seriously, wow. that Good on you, I guess, if you can buy those. But really? Really? And also, are you actually drinking them? It's one thing for me if you buy it in order to drink it and appreciate the spirit. But what is the point of buying it just to say you have it? I've never really understood that mindset. Anyway, them's my thoughts. I hope I'm not going to alienate some listeners because there might be some of you that dabble in the secondary market. But I have to say that Pretty much everybody associated with the secondary market is a very full and a very hot bucket of dicks on fire. Um, the total assholishness of somebody going and buying a very rare bottle of bourbon for the sole purpose of jacking the price up at a 10 or 20x price is fucking bullshit. It is bad karma. And I hope you burn in the bucket of dicks with the rest of them because I am just our local bourbon group here where I am posted video of a guy who was following a truck around uh, from the uh, third tier distributor and was going into he went into a grocery store. He demanded to speak to the manager and he demanded to have the bottle of X, whatever the fuck it was, Blanton's or whatever it was that was on that was on that truck. He knew it was on the truck and he had to have it. And he was demanding that the store manager sell it to him. And the guy was a known secondary seller. And I think everybody who's ever involved in a group has seen somebody who, you know, like, Oh, Hey, for the best bourbon finds go here. You know, to me, when I see secondary shops, $899, $2,500, I'm sorry, the local shop, one of the local shops here that I don't go to anymore has a bottle of Pappy 23 sitting on the shelf. You want to take a you want to take a wild guess what the price is on it? 6300? Not that high. Oh, okay. I'd burn the place I'd burn the place down just <laughs> out of good sense. I would say 2500. It was $2500. $2500 sitting on the shelf. And and, it, and it's just it's nonsense. It's just absolutely nonsense. There was a discussion that was going on in one of the groups that I'm in that people are actually trying to propose <clears throat> secondary markets are good for bourbon. That's insane. And it's Wait, funny that's because like trickle down economics works. It's that same kind so, of logic. So let me get this straight. It's a good thing that I have the means and the ability to buy up all of something that is allocated and then sell it at a profit to you. Isn't that what retail is about? And what Murica. the fuck is yeah, what the fuck is going? It's like we could go off on a rant on this with like PS5s and with graphics cards over the pandemic. It's just insane. What kind of a fucking cockroach do you need to be that you have to make a profit off your fellow humans that bad? Seriously. Well, and I'm also interested in who decides what bottles become unicorns in the first place? Because it's consumer craze. That really creates this. I mean, maybe, maybe the uh, 
the distilleries, maybe they do it. Maybe it is on them, but I feel like it at least started with the consumers going nuts so for XYZ whiskey. And then of course, maybe the maybe the distilleries jumped on board with that and then helped fuel that craze by releasing less of it and allocating it more. But like it's just can either of you and- can either of you tell me a spirit other than whiskey that this phenomenon occurs with? Are there people out there that are going and buying an allocated bottle of Kim Crawford and fucking, <laughs> and and instead of it being ten dollars, they're selling it for fifty dollars? Or is there some ultra rare bottle of Grey Goose that's out there that everybody has to have their hands on, and it's sitting on a shelf somewhere for twenty five hundred bucks? Yes, I feel like that's it happens. There is really. I'm yes. I'm actually surprised by that answer. So if you look at cognac, it's... Oh, well, come on. Cogn- cognac is... Okay. You asked for a spirit. Yes, now, you're right. You, now the, fair enough. Here's, here's the thing that, that really bothers me about whiskey scarcity. Number one, it's not a thing. Whiskey is not scarce. You can buy more grain, you can buy more barrels, and you can distill more. It's all about scalability. There's no scarcity in whiskey. Even the older stuff. All you'd have to do is either buy older product from the resources that you have or lay more down when you can. So it fails the number one scarcity test. There is no finite number of of whiskey. When we're talking about unicorns, the best comparison you can have with price investments, all this other bullshit is Bordeaux. You can make the same you know, argument for Champagne and Burgundy too, but we're going to look at Bordeaux. Bordeaux produces wines from specific chateaux every year. Uh, they have a limited number of grapes that they can grow in the region, limited number of space to grow those grapes, and they have bottle limits, production limits in that particular region. So already you have geographical requirements. You also have the whim of the weather. So once a vintage is done, it's done. You can't make more of a single vintage of Bordeaux. Um, however, that does not is not the case in in whiskey. Why is Kobe back? I don't know why there's a sock puppet in my face. I'm very concerned. Yeah, it was just um, kind of creeped up into view, and we're like, "What the yeah. fuck does he have to say?" No, it was I got actually, a question. Apparently, hold the. Fucking- is there a secondary market for Dom Perignon? So, when we're talking about secondary markets, yes, wine auctions are a thing, and they have been a thing for a long time. As have rare and vintage bottles of Scotch and cognac and other spirits. However, the current bourbon unicorn market. And we're talking specifically mostly bourbon here. We're not talking about older Scots from the absolutely 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, we're, we're talking about specifically American bourbon. Yep. Um, it's all artificially inflated. The distillers, specifically, and I have nothing against Buffalo Trace. I I love and respect people like Mark Brown and Harlan Wheatley and the team at Buffalo Trace who and, and Julian and, and Preston. 
uh, and the people at, at Dazerac. I love Freddie um, Mercury at uh, Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Freddie Mercury? No, he's, he's making shit up. Um, Ray Johnson, I'm just... I'm, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> um, but... I agree, not a distillery. The distilleries discourage uh, this type of thing, but they don't do anything about it. Could they make but more batches? Yes. Could they release the more third tier. It's the third tier. It's, it's the third tier. But it's also, to your point, it's third also the consumer. My, I apologize. It's the second tier. The wholesalers, not the retail. Uh, it's, it's a lot of the retailers too, because I, I get stuff at cost, meaning the, the, our, our shop gets things at what they should be, not at regular MSRP, not you know, these crazy inflated prices. And here's the thing. We sell them at the reasonable margin price of MSRP plus, not gouging prices. I just put out some great Japanese whiskeys. Probably could have put them out for three or $400. Didn't. Not that I control the price of any of these things, but um, it there there is definitely this crooked way of, the system is bullshit. First of all, no. Stop calling things. Number one, we're going to stop calling things a unicorn. Um, so that's number one. No more unicorns from here on out. Number two, stop gorging yourself on bottles. I see these pictures all the time on all the Facebook groups and all the social media groups. People will buy five, six, seven, eight, ten awesome. bottles of Stag Junior or you know some of this other crap. And they'll, they'll grab as much as they can. They'll sell what they can to pay for a few bottles so that they can keep them. I had a policy in Chicago when I first really got into whiskey years and years and years ago is as soon as a whiskey came in my door, it was opened. So when people came by to taste on whiskey Tuesdays, I had a whiskey Tuesday where I literally opened my apartment door to anybody. <clears throat> and so that people wouldn't say, Hey man, can I open this? Yes. Yes, you can. It's already open. That included scotch, that included bourbons, that included the pappies that I that I managed to get access to. I'm coming the, over on Tuesday to see. In the see early you. teens. You would be devastated to see the collection as it is now. It's the the most egregious. Well, so there's several offenders. Obviously, Blanton's, the Pappies, um, the Weller lineup. And I think the most egregious offender of the Weller lineup is the uh, CYPB. Um, I've never, I've actually never seen a bottle of that. I've never seen a physical bottle of CYPP, which is just, I mean, whatever, I guess, I guess if I tried hard enough, I could, I could go find it, but, um, it's just insane to me, but the chief principal offender is the BTAC lineup. Um, Again, we're not we're not blaming the we're not blaming Sazerac because I want Sazerac to send us samples, obviously. Um, no, and and I agree. I don't think Sazerac is necessarily at, at the hands of this. This is this is consumer driven. This is this is people on people violence. I I I agree with that statement, and you know they're they're a victim of their own success. And you, and yeah, have those Julia? No, I don't but I saw them in person. Oh, wow. There was a local shop here offering the BTAC lineup for $15,000. Get the fuck out of here. There Seriously. 
how many bottles did that? I think entail? that's that's four bottles. It's four Sorry. bottles, right? Four bottles for well, you said the VTEC lineup includes uh, Weller, Williams or Weller. Yep, Stag. Um, Stag. The others. Um, it's all the antique collection stuff. That's that's insane. Fifteen thousand dollars. And insane. yet they're able to do that because people buy it. Yeah. People somebody. Yes. There is somebody with Samsonite for brains who goes and buys it. Yeah. What? Can somebody explain this to me? I'm seeing this picture now. Somebody has several whiskeys open and they have a different watch on each neck. I don't. I don't. What? What is with watches and whiskeys? I don't know. I. I you know what really bugs me aside from the unicorn shit is when people open a bottle of whiskey and then take a picture of their nice, pretty little gun next to it. Oh, I was just going to say, but I didn't want to go there. I don't trust you with a fucking potato gun. I don't want you drinking and then having a gun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, get, I, get, I, I get the gun thing. The the watch thing. Wait, what, what do you mean about the gun, gun thing? thing? I, don't get, I don't get the gun thing. I also don't get the watch thing. I at least get the cigar thing because cigars and whiskeys often are paired together. But are, are you pairing... Your whiskey and like licking your watch or sucking on the barrel of your gun, like what the fuck? What the? I'm gonna fuck? go with yes to that second one because that is watches. We're not gonna watches go there are like people. we're not gonna go there. I don't know. Watches are like highlights. It's highlights in your hair for guys, right? You know, it's whatever your whatever the streaks are in your hair. That was like a '90s thing. My brothers did was like frosting. no, and that's why I'm saying it now. Like a watch is just like oh hey. You know, I highlighted my hair. I'm wearing a different watch. Okay, so you get back on track. The gun thing, though. uh, Whatever. People are... It's the Second Amendment. Come on. We've defined unicorns. We've defined them as whiskeys, typically bourbon or typically American whiskeys, because some of them are single malt or some of them are rye, but um, that have somehow reached this cult-level status of once they're allocated and to your point yes people do follow around the trucks that's super 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 fucking creepy yeah that's doing that so as someone who has never who as someone who's never had a drink of this stuff is it is it worth the hype i'm drinking 15 year old happy right now would i kill somebody for it no is it a decent dram yes would i pay secondary market prices for it absolutely not but in my defense i also don't buy spirits well, yeah, you write about them and people give them to you for free. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how I my feel. Wife, my wife would kill me if I wound up doing the PTAC bullshit. If oh I wound my- up going and getting my allocated, the stuff that I could get, yeah, she would literally throw me down the stairs. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, I'm a, I I'm a firm believer. More wives and more husbands don't do that. I'm like, a firm believer. Your, you, you're going to hear it here first, folks. Throw your husband down the stairs if he's chasing the RNDC formerly Young's truck down the road and trying to snag a bottle of anything. Throw that you have my permission. I'll take care of your legal fees. Not legally binding. Um, <laughs> um, but let's do this. Let's throw some people down the fucking stairs. Come on. I mean, look, if you, if you have the money, you have the ability to do whatever you want with your money. And, and that doesn't stop me from thinking that you're a freaking moron for dropping fifteen thousand dollars on four or five bottles of so-called amazing whiskey i mean yeah there's just dollars that's like a car yeah 
that what i mean that is five cars at the price i buy them at yeah my my wife's iphone costs more than my first car you think i'm gonna turn around and spend that on a fucking bottle of something on one bottle of something yeah and then also who i want to know who is actually drinking these bottles when it's the kind of people that we've been talking about it's not someone who finally comes across it at a reasonable price it is these people who are going out literally hunting them down chasing trucks selling them on the secondary market and the people that are buying it i want to know who was actually drinking them i i would like to make one final point when it comes to unicorns you cannot compare unicorn whiskeys and whiskeys to wine especially when we're talking about the secondary market wine is a living breathing thing a wine purchased today or at a futures price that is at a certain level, continues to age and continues to improve to the point that it is drinkable, which is why wines increase in price with age. Spirits don't fucking age. <laughs> wait, times wait, come across what? People. Yeah, no, wait, when you buy a, a bottle of 10-year-old something or other, hold on to it for 20 years. You don't magically have a 30-year-old bottle. That guy told me, I gave him $500 for that bottle of Maker's Mark from 94. You're telling me me that's not 30 years old? Yeah, no. If that's the case, then this Pappy 15 is 30 years old because I got it in 2012. Shit. Yeah, it's, it's not how things work, kids. It's that's not. not how that's not how physics works, people. Come on now. Let's, Listen let's to your auntie today. Save yourself some trouble and embarrassment. Let's science this shit. Come on, people. I just right. be just be kind humans. Jesus Christ. I love the battle stories from the old timers. Like I used to buy Pappy twenty three at ninety nine dollars. Yeah. Really. The, the 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 23 was a little typically a little more in in my day it was you know 150 200 the 20 you could get for 99 bucks the 15 you could get for 70 80 bucks i i interviewed a gentleman who is a member of a band of the big four and we talked about this oddly enough it, you just jogged my memory and he actually bought a couple of bottles of I think some Pappy stuff that he's got stashed away. And he's like, would I go and buy Pappy at the prices now? He's like, fuck that. You know, it's too hard to find. And I don't want to spend that kind of money. Basically, here's a guy who can spend money like he doesn't give a shit about. I mean, he probably wipes his ass with $100 bills. And even he's going, I'm not going to drop that kind of money on this this stupid stuff. So I don't know. I, I'm just... It's it's not an investment, people. Stop looking at it as an investment. It's it's not. No, it's it's a quick it's a quick gain. Now, if if you want to go out there and buy a barrel of something and invest mm-hmm. in that and invest in a small business, by all means, go out, get together with your friends, buy buy a couple of barrels. You guys can each take a couple of bottles home, and then you can sell the rest. That's an investment. That's also that's also helping a small business. Contact your local distillery and say, hey, we want to buy a barrel. We're going to do a barrel, barrel pick for some buddies. You know, let's let's go out and do that. That's fine. By the way, this friggin' Ramble Barrel is coming 2024. Yes, uh, but also please make 24. sure. 24. I thought we talked 23. 
Yeah. Make sure it's a legitimate business. Uh, There are, there are plenty of scams out there. So do your due diligence and be, be a savvy person, please. Okay. So I have a question. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize. You you can also shoot us a message and we will put you in touch with who do that. We have that list. We're happy to help. Shoot us a message at swing and ramble. We're happy to help you put you, put you in touch with those people. So I have a question and this is probably another episode about wine. Doesn't wine essentially turn to vinegar at some point and there's still people paying millions of dollars for the bottle? Yes. So I love that. Just simple. R- riddle me that. Riddle me that, Batman. Uh, but I mean, that's, as you said, it's a whole nother episode. So, so three words and then Julia is going to bring us home. Well, I'm going to bring us home. People are stupid. All yep. right. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Um, Wait, I, can I say something that's here pr- printed on the episode flyer? Because because I have to I have to say this. Well, can Kobe say it then? Or, or? No, sure, you can fine. say it. Who do you want? You want me to say it or you want Kobe to say it? Kobe. Kobe wants to say it. Kobe. Wait, Kobe. I gotta get Kobe out of the box. You ready? Yeah. No, come on. You you just just look, look, at, this, look at the screen. That line right there. Yes. Yes. Right there. No, not fuck Julia. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. I'm going to count you in three, two, fuck the secondary market. And on that note, that really is all the time we have. I seriously doubt we will be back next week because, well, I'm pretty sure we're going to all be, death threat central with all of the ranting and raving we did against the unicorns uh definitely follow us on uh, all of the socials at swing and ramble uh join our facebook group because we'd love to hear from you about unicorns we'd love to hear from you about what you're spending your money on Um, it should be us just throwing it out there um on behalf of uh, myself uh, at befluence uh julia men uh, at the wee tipple uh and uh mark pruitt at resident pros Join us next time when we discuss those assholes who only want secondary bullshit. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for more fermented fuckery. Cheers!